everyone, Sarah Brown Wessling here from the Council of Chief State School Officers National Teacher of the Year program. I'm excited to introduce Voices from the Classroom, the State Teacher of the Year podcast. I was named National Teacher of the Year in 2010, and since then, I've been committed to sharing the stories and elevating the voices of the State Teachers of the Year. It is my hope that this podcast will give you insight into the incredible work they do. In these episodes, the 2020 State Teachers of the Year are navigating responding to two radical changes in our society, the COVID-19 pandemic and the heightened awareness of institutionalized racism. Through this first series, my first lesson of the year, we hope to capture the true essence of the return to school from an educator's perspective. You can join the conversation on social media by using the hashtag, hashtag ntoy20 or visiting us online at ntoy.org. That's N-T-O-Y dot O-R-G. This is Jasmine Estes, Senior Communication Specialist at the Council of Chief State School Officers. Welcome, Amy, and thank you for joining me for this conversation today. Let's jump right in. Can you please introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Amy Campbell, and I'm a special education teacher in the Camas School District in Washington, and I serve children who have moderate to profound impact from disability. Thank you. Can you start by telling me or telling us about one of the first lessons you taught this year? If you can describe what you did with your students, was it different? Um, if you can take us through what you taught. Um, I am going to cheat your question a little, Jasmine, because I work with students who have disabilities and they are also just kids first. So my kids are in my classroom sometimes, but they are primarily in general education. I mean, they have a general education teacher. I do a lot of the teaching, but they're also in the general ed. On the first day of school in Camas, our full district is remote learning. That means all the kids are logged into computers and general ed teachers are sitting there waiting to greet people. And on the first morning, on the first day of school, my staff members were in Zoom meetings of general education teachers and I was standing at the front of my room and the first people who saw students on my caseload were their general education teachers. And the first lessons my students encountered weren't my class building experiences. The first lessons were lessons with their general ed community. They heard their name called among their peers. Their parents got to see them participate with their peers in the general ed in a Zoom meeting. How weird is that? And as the teachers led different community activities for each classroom, our students were there with their peers. And so how is it the same? Um, we've been working on building inclusion in my building for a lot of years. And when COVID-19 hit, there was just this, like, how are we going to serve kids with disabilities? This is going to be very hard. And it absolutely is. This is a heavy lift for all of us. But just having that imagination of we've built something that is inclusive. How are we going to sustain that? Um, I'm so excited. The proudest, most exciting moment on the first day of school was as I heard um, the general ed teachers talking to their kids and their kids are my kids and I was seeing them all in their general ed zoom classes. So it's kind of a cheat. I didn't teach the first lesson, but so much was learned on in that first moment about inclusion 
and access um, that I have to just give it up to my gen ed teachers. Wow, thanks, Amy. Yes, that is. <laughs> that kind of cheating, is, kind of cheating. No, but that's great. That's a great point you made um, about inclusion and that they are with their general education teachers. So thank you for making that point. And I'm happy you were there to support them on the other side of the Zoom meeting. So thank you. Um, so, gosh, this next question might be a little tricky, but um, so I was going to ask, was this lesson different? than how you would usually begin the year? I think it's really been interesting during COVID. Um, as we're in Zoom meetings with my students, uh, and my students are in general education classrooms in the Zoom meetings, in a remote setting, you can't build community in the same way. So we have this, during COVID, all this, um, we have to make sure we're prioritizing social emotional learning and actual activities that build community and are very intentional uh, about helping children um, share about who they are and, and make connections. And so as a special education teacher, I think I have always looked for those opportunities for my students, those social engagement opportunities. So during COVID, I've really been able to leverage a lot of the activities that are already happening because of this bizarre remote setting. Um, that's been going really well. It looks really different. I think students, not just with profound impact, we have a lot of students who have disabilities. One in five children experience a disability. And as much as we'd all like to say, um, as adults, well, young people, they are so tech savvy. This online learning thing, it's going to be slick for them. I tell you what, none of them are hanging out in Zoom meetings with each other, and none of them are making Google Slides. So as much as we want to say cake, we're learning and they're learning. And so it is a little bit different as there's this huge learning curve for all of our students, especially kids with disabilities, to figure out how to actually make this engagement. If the activity is put a comment in the chat, um, your, your pet or your, um, your pet or your emotion or your whatever, that's taken me a lot more innovation to be able to support. If we're in a brick and mortar, mm -hmm. I can accommodate pretty easily. Mm -hmm. when we're in a remote setting. Um, I have an extra piece now where all of us are trying to figure out how do we support parents in yes. supporting kids. So it's similar because we're doing those activities we love. It's different because I can't be there doing as much as I want to make sure they're getting in. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's a lot of support that you also offer to the parents to make sure that, yeah. And I've been hearing that um, just from friends that I have who are parents and then other friends that I have who are educators. Um, there is an extra layer, um, which makes it even more involved and more engaging. Um, but hopefully at the end of the day, it is very beneficial for the student to have that engagement on both ends. So I think it seems so. like it would be an I ideal situation. I have to add the piece now. You can cut it out later. But I think that this is paramount as we're thinking about the implications of COVID-19. So many of these uh, parents in our, across the country have had not positive, you know, like maybe they didn't feel successful in public education. And we've built great systems now. We've come a long way. We understand a lot about learning and teaching and, 
And I think we have also an opportunity to repair with families and to teach community about the positive impact and implications of public education, teach parents about their potential as, you know, parents get a lot of grief, right? Like um, they're feeling unsuccessful. They're like, I can't help my kid. My kid's crying. I can't learn. I can't teach. This didn't. We have this opportunity as teachers and I'm seeing it so much in our Zoom meetings now to be able to guide parents to find success and see their own success. Like, Yes, we can. You just did that. I just saw that. Joey's mom, I just saw that. You are rocking. You are rocking. Like, how are we pointing out what the parents are doing too and building stronger public school support as we move forward? Like, everybody's going to be bought into this now if we can celebrate that. Um, okay, I have one, one last question. And again, you, you teased at it in your other responses, but um, any final thoughts about what you just, what you learned over um, the past several weeks, months? I think it's really, I, it's hard. I try and keep a positive presupposition, which is not to say I want to have toxic positivity. But I do think as we're moving through this stressful time, being able to identify what is working for kids and celebrate that. Cause we're going to talk a lot about, we know what's not work. Like we know when something failed, they closed the Chromebook, they left class that didn't work, but where did we see a success? And I think, um, you know, in a pandemic, we have kids who are going to have a lot of struggle and, and being able to validate that struggle for them. Um, but continue to build on, build confidence, find ways that we can build for each student because all of us working together can move each kid a few steps forward on their journey. We need to, we need to prioritize. We want to keep them engaged. How are you going to do that? What do they like? What, how do we include them in the conversation? I think all of this is so relevant because when we think about um, conversations around oh, we got to keep the Zoom screen on because how will we know they're engaged if the Zoom screen isn't on? How do you know they're engaged in your classroom if their head is down anyway? When we're having conversations about engaging disengaged kids in Zoom, they're the same brick and mortar questions we've always had. When we're talking about how to care for kids, how to see the humanity in every child, and how to have rigorous content for every child, even if they have other physical needs that aren't quite met yet. We need to see them for their capabilities. All of that conversation that's happening now in COVID, I want to carry that into our brick and mortar schools because we were having similar issues of access, opportunity, rigorous content, engagement. It's so plain now. We see it so vividly. Yeah. Don't lose that sight. And, and find the good. Keep finding that good for kids. It'll help you too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, again, this is incredible. Thank you. We love hearing from you. Um, and you have a very unique perspective to bring to this conversation. So we really appreciate you and all the advocating that you do for your students. Thank you so much. Oh, no problem. Thank you for listening to the first series of Voices from the Classroom, the State Teacher of the Year podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Council of Chief State School Officers National Teacher of the Year program. 
It's our honor to elevate the voices of educators across the country and provide them with a national platform to amplify their message and advocate on behalf of their students and colleagues. Please share these lessons on social media with the hashtag NTOY20. That's hashtag N-T-O-Y-2-0. Let's keep the conversation going.